Did you know that parents rank financial literacy as the number one most difficult life skill to teach? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families. With Greenlight, you send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and keep an eye on your kids' spending with real-time notifications. Kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. And parents can rest easy knowing their kids are learning about money with guardrails in place. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. This is a Vault Studios production. This podcast contains graphic subject matter and is meant for mature listeners only. Previously on Bardstown. So you think you know who did it, maybe even how they did it. You just need the evidence to prove it. Correct. How close would you say you are to getting that evidence? Uh, I'm not going to get into the details. Like we talked, it's it's beneficial that the less that they know, we hold the cards in our hands. I'm Shay McAllister. This is Bardstown. I know there's been some uh, uh, some some bad incidences over in Nelson County, and they've had a rough couple three years. Uh, I, we ask them not to lose faith in us and let us do our job and let things play out and uh, not get the rumor mill started and, and have faith in what we're doing and, and know that we're out there doing everything we can to get the job done. This is the final chapter in our story, but it's not over for the families of the five victims in Bardstown. It's not over for the people who live there. I'm not scared to live here, but a lot of people said, I wouldn't live in Bardstown. It's so scary. I hear it from clients all the time. And I said, it is like that everywhere you go, you just hear more about Bartown right now because of how it's been. Bam, 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 bam. Over three years, five murders. In what seems a cruel coincidence, each tragedy took place on or around a holiday or a long holiday weekend. Memorial Day weekend 2013, 33-year-old police officer Jason Ellis is ambushed coming home from work. Five years have passed, but this community has not forgotten Officer Jason Ellis. The day after Easter 2014, 48-year-old Kathy Netherland and her 16-year-old daughter Samantha are brutally murdered inside their home. Several months into the investigation and the leads are now drying up. Police haven't been able to nail down a suspect in the horrific murders of Kathy and Samantha Netherland. Fourth of July weekend 2015, 35-year-old mother of five Crystal Rogers vanishes. I know in my heart my daughter's not here, but for me to actually get that verbal um, that scares me to death. A week before Thanksgiving 2016, Crystal's father, 54-year-old Tommy Ballard, is shot and killed while hunting on his private property. Tommy wasn't going to give up. He said, I'll spend my last dollar trying to find Crystal. I can't come out and accuse someone, but I, in my heart I know who did that to my husband. Someone wanted my husband out of the way so he would not search for my daughter. And in all of these cases, only one suspect has been named. In the case of Crystal Rogers, you know his name by now, Brooks Hauk. He's never been arrested in connection to her disappearance. It may seem like it's been four years and we should move on, but to them, it's like yesterday. So if hearing these stories makes you angry and frustrated, we get it. It's hard to imagine that no one has been brought to justice. And one of the questions we keep on hearing, are these cases connected in any way? In a town so small and where everyone knows everyone, it would seem impossible not to connect the dots in some way. Here's what we know. Murdered Bardstown police officer Jason Ellis worked with Nick Houck. Nick is Brooks Houck's brother. Brooks' girlfriend, Crystal Rogers, went missing. And then her father, Tommy Ballard, is killed. 
The outlier here is the Kathy and Samantha Netherland case. There's been a lot of speculation about whether they had any connection to the other victims. On the family's Facebook page, Justice for Kathy and Samantha, they addressed the rumors. In August 2018, they wrote, There has never been any evidence that Kathy and Samantha's deaths are linked to the other three Nelson County cases. We have no belief or knowledge that Kathy or Samantha knew any of the other parties. Kathy never taught any of their children, and Samantha never babysat for any of them. We asked Nelson County Sheriff Ray Pinaroa about the possibility that some of the cases are connected. You know, we can sit here and draw the map. I've seen the map a thousand times with the little string with the pins going here and the connection. And, and I can tell you that the rumor mill is one of the most frustrating things on our side, working a case, because we become chasers of rumors instead of facts. But we have to follow up on those things. So are they connected? You know, that's the rumor mill. But until facts come in and we actually have the red string that ties A, B, and C together, we'll we'll answer that then. Former Bardstown Police Chief Rick McCubbin was struck by the similarity between the murder of Officer Jason Ellis and Tommy Ballard, both seemingly ambushed from a distance. He's certainly not the only one to see that. When Tommy Ballard was murdered, I had already retired and was actually down in Florida when I got that phone call uh, from a local media reporter that uh, I knew. And she called me and she goes, hey, have you heard anything about, you know, and I said, I'm in Palm Beach. We, you know, no. I thought it was another Bardstown rumor. And then when she called me back and said, no, it's real and and started telling me that, I'm like, you you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, I mean, that was the first thing that popped in my mind. What are the odds, I mean, of, of uh, different weapons, obviously, rifle versus a shotgun type, but, yeah, the similarities, the distance, the sniping, I guess, lack of better words. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was, that to me, that was the first thing that jumped out at me. Along the way, we've also heard some of the more well-known theories some of the connections and even conspiracies that Bardstown residents talk about. And they talk a lot. You can easily get caught up in all of the chatter. What we will say is that a lot of people seem to think illegal drugs are part of the picture. And drugs are an issue in Bardstown and Nelson County. Police in Bardstown say a traffic stop led them to a stockpile of drugs, guns, and nearly $30,000 in cash. Between 2015 and 2017, there were 28 drug overdose deaths in Nelson County alone. And in 2017, the Kentucky State Police reported almost 1,000 drug offenses in Bardstown and over 1,000 in Nelson County, one of the highest in the state. It is fueling a deadly addiction across the country, and it is hitting Kentuckiana so hard. Thousands of people die from heroin overdoses every year. Even more people are sitting in jails for drug-related crime. The rumor mill seems to lean toward the idea that at least some of the victims came across something or knew about something having to do with illegal drug activity. And remember, Jason Ellis was a canine officer working to clean up drugs in Bardstown. Team Crystal search leader Angie Bischoff is convinced that's the connective thread. That had to be something with drugs. I truly believe that. I think Crystal knew something. I truly do. 
Diane Moody is a psychic, but she's also a retired cop. I worked for Atlanta PD a while, and then I finished up in corrections. Usually, if I say I'm a retired cop, they'll talk to me. But if I tell them if they find out anything about me being a medium, it's it's thrown away. I guess people are skeptic, but if I, if it was my loved one, I'd take any tip that came from anywhere. I'd take any help, you know? If it's hard to put stock into Diane's psychic abilities, perhaps it's her intuition and police background that we can trust. But I do know right off the bat if somebody's honest, if they're crooked, if they're hiding something. And it's it's always worked well for me. I've never known any different. And I, my, our success rate is about 95%. We've worked on cases all over the United States. The basis of it is always just a feeling. Or sometimes it comes like you can see it, and sometimes you can just hear it, and sometimes you just know it. She has no official involvement in any of these cases, but like many, she believes drugs are tied up in them. She's even had visions of where the drugs are stashed. Uh, it could be a root cellar, could be a basement, or he could have dig, dug underground bunkers. You know, a lot of people have those as, um, for hurricanes and stuff. And there's uh, like a cramped room that's full of guns and dope. And she echoes what we've heard over and over from people in town that Tommy Ballard was getting too close to something. He got too close to it. I really believe that something happened that they found out about, and they maybe didn't even realize how big it was, but they knew it. But if psychic visions seem too far-fetched, then let's get back to the facts. We asked the Kentucky State Police and the Nelson County Sheriff's Office for the case files. That means the 911 calls, police reports, videos, autopsies... All were denied. The cases, all of them, are open investigations. We can tell you that according to the Murder Accountability Project, which pulls data from the FBI, between 2013 and 2017, the national homicide solve rate was 58%. In Nelson County, they recorded a 25% solve rate for eight homicides, clearing only two of the county's murders in those four years. Retired homicide detective Wayne Wallace doesn't think the crime per capita is all that strange. Depending on who's committing these crimes, he's worked cases in several small towns, just like Bardstown. It is very unusual for them to happen very often, but I've seen it happen. I've been at a police department working a homicide and had a chief say, come with me, I think we've had another homicide. I've had it happen. It's just purely coincidental. That's not to say that there couldn't be a spree or a serial type of, uh, of killing that's going on, or a, a criminal enterprise. That's not to say that at all. That very well could be the case. I have no idea what's going on in Nelson County or, or elsewhere. So it has happened. It can happen. What it requires is a close look at the circumstance to see whether or not there's any connectivity there. And if the cases are connected, well, then you have a different beast. Nothing's to say that uh, you can't have a large criminal conspiracy. It only takes two or three people. So among 11,000, it depends on what's, how uh, much somebody's willing to misbehave and how much they want to enforce 
what they perceive as the power that they have. So you can pull out a gun and shoot me right now. You know, powers is it's not. It's often how we repress those feelings and we repress those urges. That's what makes us unique as human beings. Uh, you get away from that, and people act animalistically. You know, then they tend to behave more expressively with their violence, and. That may be the case in Nelson County. I don't know. I haven't been there for a long time, but certainly not amongst the uh, the good folks that live there. But I don't know. It could be like the Wild West when the sun goes down. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. To this day, as Team Crystal search leader Angie Bischoff travels the roads of Nelson County, she's cautious, not scared, but cautious. Now, when I drive down the BG, first what happened with Crystal and then, you know, they finding her car and what happened with Tommy. Every vehicle that I pass, I'm, I literally will go put my phone, do a, a talk message into my phone that I seen a, you know, light blue Toyota Corolla parked on the side of the road. That one stretch of the BG, your life has been forever changed, which has made me more observant, I will say that. After Tommy was killed after his funeral, um, I was followed. And I had to, I had to lose him. I, I got on the B, I didn't get on the BG going the wrong way, but I like crossed over where I should have went on like this and did a U-turn and went on the other way. And then two weeks later, uh, Casey's wife was followed by the same vehicle. And then one of the other girls, she was followed. And I don't, they, they don't want us. It's an intimidation thing. Like we're watching you all the time. Do you have any fear when those things happen? No, my son says I should. <laughs> no, I don't. Mm -mm. The very moment at the first time that I was like, what the heck? You get kind of get that over, but then you get over real fast because you have other things to take care of. The Nelson County Sheriff's Office has named Jody Gilliland as the new lead detective on Crystal Rogers' case, following Detective Jon Snow's retirement. And the Bardstown Police Department has updated their policies. Officers are required to call dispatch before responding to anything and not call off for the night until they arrive home, something McCubbin wished Jason Ellis would have done before stepping foot outside of his car that night. As a cop, I've, I've been guilty of it. We all just jump out, take care of business, get back in the car and leave as if it never happened. Um, but that's just, it's just what we do, you know. I tried to change some policy after that happened to make sure that, you know, no, I don't care what you're doing, you're going to call out. <laughs> um, we, we did rolling roll calls here, for example. In other words, you, once you got in your car, you went on duty. At the end of your shift, you could go off duty in your car. So I changed the policy that you do not go off duty until you get to your destination. In other words, like in Jason's case, when he was driving home, he looked down, oh, it's 2 o'clock, off duty. We have no idea where you are at 2 a.m. So I put the policy out that um, I don't care where you're going. Don't need to know where you're going. 
But when you get to wherever you're going, that's when you call off, whether it's at 2 a.m., 2.15, 2.20, I don't care. That's when you call off that way. We know, we hear at least you've made it to wherever you're going. You try to sweep up the mess after the fact and, you know, what, what could we have done differently? I think with, you know, had we had a policy in place that really was followed and adhered to properly to where you don't call off till you get home, dispatch would have seen where Jason cleared the jail close to quitting time, quite honestly, whatever time that was. But he lives a good 20 minutes or better outside of town. So, you know, had he not called off at 2.20, 2.25, dispatch, I would like to have thought, would have said, you know, 139, what's your status? Um, where are you at? 139, you haven't called, you know. At least that was my train of thought, to at least get to where you're going. Would dispatch have checked on him? Angie Bischoff thinks about the day they find Crystal often. You pray for that every day. You pray for it every search. I didn't sleep. You know, I was searching in my dreams. You know, I prayed every night for Crystal to come to me and tell me where she was. You know, every single night. You know, because at the time to give Tommy and Sherry closure, now Sherry, of course, like she has said to me and she has even said on TV before, you know, she, there's still a ray of hope, but at the same time, she wants the closure, but what would it, what would it be like? It would be a bittersweet, you know, I, it would be awesome to where Sherry could close that chapter and rest and put her daughter to rest, but it would be very tough at the same time. That would be tough. Six years later, memorials are all that remain in the places where many of the victims were killed. A new family lives in the Netherland home now. A large missing poster stands on the side of the Bluegrass Parkway where Crystal Rogers' car was found, asking for information. On exit 34, a black and blue wreath, American flags, and a small faded silk bouquet of flowers are placed along the side of the road. Above on the cliff, a wooden cross with a thin blue line and Jason Ellis's badge number, 139, looks out to drivers winding around the bend. And in the field where Tommy was shot to death, there's a large brass cross. And every day, Scotty Sharp with the Kentucky State Police says detectives are going to work and hoping for a break. I've told everyone that the highlight of my career will be when I will be able to do a press conference or something and announce that we have, you know, solved these cases and we made an arrest and, and we got justice for the Ballard family and Jason's family in the Netherlands. Um, that will be the hallmark of my career. And I've arrested, you know, I've worked murders, uh, uh, all kinds of different cases as a detective. Uh, but I've told every one of these guys here that that will be the hallmark of my career. But Bardstown never seems to stay out of the news for long. Well, new at 11 o'clock, the Bardstown Fire Department is investigating an arson case after a house being built by Brooks Houck goes up in flames. In August of this year, Brooks Houck makes headlines again when a house he's building burns to the ground. Investigators suspect arson. Fire Chief Billy Mattingly says he believes it's a disgruntled employee taking aim at Brooks. The house just consisted of a frame with no electric or gas running to it. Because of that, Mattingly says they believe it was intentionally set. Life goes on in Bardstown, Kentucky. 
Like everything in life, your experiences mold your outlook. For some, it's a great place to live and work, a great place to raise a family. But for others, it's a place where lives have been shattered. Forrest Berkshire with the Kentucky Standards says the whys in all of these stories remain a huge part of this unfinished puzzle. When you're talking about who, what, when, where, and whys, on the who side, we know who was the victim in these different circumstances. Yeah, but we don't know who did it. In two of the cases, people feel as if they might know who did it. Some people feel as if they're very sure. But you know, even then, the whys, there's been no answers as to why on any of them. And you know, that leaves a why is a big question. So it leads a pretty big vacuum, and people don't like to not know. That's how you get a lot of stuff filled in. Uh, a lot of stuff that, quite frankly, is just wrong. There's stuff that we've reported, and then there's stuff that we have learned on background. You know, and some of the stuff is just so far out there. We asked Bardstown Mayor Dick Heaton to comment on the unsolved crimes in his town. He responded in an email. Thanks for reaching out to me, but I am not available for interviews on this matter. His email signature includes the logo, Bardstown, named the most beautiful small town in America. But the cases, and the other unsolved cases in Kentucky, have gotten the attention of candidates running for Kentucky Attorney General. Republican candidate Daniel Cameron. I want to make sure that it is a huge priority in the Attorney General's office. I think there needs to be some resolution of that matter. I think the law enforcement community wants a resolution of that matter. So we're going to do whatever we can to assist in that. His opponent, Democrat Greg Stumbo, agrees in a written statement to us. When I was Attorney General before, I instituted the Kentucky Bureau of Investigation, which accomplished many things, including investigating cold cases. They successfully investigated an unsolved case in western Kentucky of the murder of Jessica Curran. If elected, I would reinstitute the KBI to investigate all kinds of criminal activity, including pursuing justice for these kinds of unsolved cases. This town, in the heart of the Bourbon Trail, has secrets. Secrets that linger and fester. Every town has their own secrets. And... Unfortunately, there is bad stuff that happens in small towns just like big cities. We all have to deal with this, you know? Who knows who you're walking beside, you know what I mean? You have a mom who has a husband who is dead and a daughter that's gone, and then you have a mother and child that was brutally murdered, and, and nobody has any answers on why. Um, and of course, I'm not a cop. I don't know what they do on a daily basis. I'm sure they're trying everything they can. But again, it's not just their work that has to be done. It's us in the community to make sure we're staying present, that we're getting the word out too, that way people don't go and just forget. But perhaps if enough people talk, if the right people talk, those secrets will one day be uncovered. This is not just about me and my family. It's about everyone that lives here. Everyone has a voice in this town, and they, they're they raising their kids here. I want it to be safe. I would think that, you know, I'm sure they all want the same thing. When the day comes that people come to interview us on how we feel because these crimes have been solved, that's when the big party will start. This community will celebrate like you've never seen it before.
Next week, join me and Jessica Knoll as we sit down with the executive producer, Will Johnson, to talk about the cases in the podcast and answer some of your questions and feedback. If you have any information about any of these cases, call the Kentucky State Police or the Nelson County Sheriff's Office. Bardstown is a Vault Studios production. You can find Vault Studios on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and learn about our other shows at vaultstudios.com. Visit our website, bardstownpodcast.com, for more background and information about the cases we cover in the podcast. I'm Shay McAllister. A special thanks to our team, investigative journalist Jessica Knoll, producers Beth Peake and Spencer Brudig. Adam Ostro and Will Johnson are our executive producers. Audio production by Richard Humphreys at Tacoma Media in Silver Spring, Maryland. Mm-hmm.